Hi there, welcome to the Pantheon Podcast. My name is Kagan, this is Shannon. Hey And today we've been lucky enough to have our first guest on our podcast. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello. Yeah, hi. Um, my name's Edward. Uh, I don't really know what else I'm going to say. <laughs> like these guys. Um, but uh, I've come here to come... With... Um, oh, yeah. Come here to talk about things like uh, the transgender topic and uh, also maybe a little monologue about Ben Shapiro, who knows? <laughs> and there was some anti-establishment stuff as well, which is how we came into contact with yeah. Edward through our comment section on one of our videos. So yeah, all right. I thought a good place to start, especially when discussing topics that um, initially we're sort of coming into on opposite sides, or apparently so, um, it, it might be a good idea to initially find some common ground before we actually start discussing the things that we disagree with. What do you think all of right. that? Yeah, so um, how's this? Would you um, agree that things like, on the just on the trans topic, would you agree uh, that things like HRT, hormone replacement therapy, uh, can be good treatments for adults? For adults? Yeah. Yeah, I would say that um, having those treatments available for people who um, need them because they're suffering is definitely a good thing to... Like, I think that that is something that would be beneficial for some people. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I agree that having those services available for adults is, is a good thing. Right, yeah, so I, can, um, I can agree with that, but I also do think it is still worth having some sort of mental evaluation be performed in order for that to be sort of admitted to the individual. But I do think yeah, that... I think, I think right now, if you want to get things like hormones from a doctor, I think you do have to... They said something like shows consistent signs of gender dysphoria. So I think mm. yeah, you do need to pass an evaluation right now, which is good. Okay, cool. So that that's a good bit of area that we agree on. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. having a look at the um, the hospitals in Auckland that perform those services, so um, administer puberty blockers, give hormone therapy, um, and do the surgeries as well. Um, yeah, you can be referred by your GP. So I think that's the only evaluation that needs to occur. I don't think you need to actually go through like a um, any form of like a psychiatric evaluation. I think all you need to do is actually just sort of like be referred by um, your GP. Yeah, I've heard that. Um, yeah. So perhaps where we might disagree then uh, would be treatment for people under 18 then. How do you guys feel about that? Um, personally, I think that it sounds a bit dangerous um, when having a look into it and sort of like how easy it seems to be for kids to be able to access that care. Um especially when looking at the forms that you have to sign in order to undertake hormone therapy pretty much at the end of every paragraph they say the effects are unknown like on the actual document that you have to sign to have those administered they say that they don't actually know what the side effects are going to be so i personally disagree with the idea that that's something that kids need especially considering the um how young they are and how little experience they do have like with their own sexuality yet for that to be something that is given to them so that might be something right. that we do that we do disagree with okay yeah so um i think um on the issue of things like 
puberty blockers, which would be the main treatment for uh, youth in, or trans youth, correct? Um, I think that puberty blockers can absolutely be um, a useful tool. And uh, in front of me here, I've got a study um, which says that of, um, of adults who wanted to receive puberty blockers when they were younger, those who did had a 70% uh, lower chance of committing suicide. So that seems to be quite a positive effect of puberty blockers. Okay, so what what study is that? Where where is that from? Uh, so it was linked through an article in Medicu uh, Medical News Today, uh, was typed, uh, titled "The Life Saving Science Behind Gender Affirming Care for Youth." Okay. And if you scroll down, uh, you'll be able to find a link to this study in the um, American Academy of Pediatrics, titled "Pubertal Suppression for Transgender Youth and Risk of Suicidal Ideation." Okay, so it lowered their um, suicide ideation rate if they got puberty yeah, by a massive when they were younger. Okay. Now, 70%, by the way, is an incredibly large number for things um, in any category, really. I mean, that's yeah, that's yeah. really impressive. So that's did they go back and um, study them once they were adults, like yeah. after they'd received that as kids? Yeah, um, it says their mean age was 23.4 years. So they must have came back after, well, however many years after puberty. That would be about maybe at most, what, eight years after taking the treatment? Oh, okay. Yep. So they would have just been in like their, um, like around 1920 when they did that study. Yeah, probably. Or mm, 1920s. Mm. Um, yeah. I think the, yeah. um, the only. The only caution that I sort of bring into looking at studies like that is they're from quite a while ago and the sort of the whole landscape has sort of changed since then. So back then it was very much that um, these kids have shown like genuine signs of gender dysphoria, whereas nowadays you have a lot of kids only developing these symptoms once they hit puberty. Um, um, yeah, on that... This article um, here says that it's um, from February of 2020, so that would only be, only be two years and a bit ago, actually. So that's quite recent. Mm -mm. It's just they would have received that treatment about 10 years ago. Which would have been in, what, 2010? Yeah, 2010, 2012, yeah. So we're definitely not saying that it's something that should, shouldn't be available at all. I think the risk that we see is that because especially with the um, the change in the talk around like sex and gender now and how much is being explored in schools that there's I guess we worry that there's going to be a lot more kids thinking that they have gender dysphoria when they actually just are struggling with accepting the fact that they are going through puberty Okay. Like there's a, there's so like a risk benefit ratio between between them. That's what we think anyway. It's like yes, there well, it's it's always good to have these things available to the people that need it. But to push for it to be something that's commonly discussed and talked about and everything especially around children, especially around the age in which they do pick up on I guess trends like wanting to fit into groups and things like that. Um, Ideas can might... be quite contagious. Yeah, and we've yeah. heard we've had examples of um, individuals within friend groups that would all come out as 
trans within a period of time and that doesn't seem to statistically fit within um sort of the ratio of people that would be coming out with something like gender dysphoria it seems highly improbable improbable that that would actually happen that a group of five or six kids together that have been friends would all of a sudden all get that at the same time and then that leads into the difficult situation of if they're able to get puberty blockers then with the chances are that most of them most likely don't actually have some form of gender dysphoria they can impact like that could actually impact their adult life in a way that is irreversible in a sense right so um just on that um the idea of a bunch of friends uh, coming out at once right that's the idea of this i've had this idea of a social contagion yeah yeah i think that actually um the reason entire friend groups might come out at once or something like that because people tend to be more attracted to uh, people who are like them right and so perhaps they would um pick up on you know mannerisms personality traits that would be more consistent with things like gender dysphoria and they would group together even before they knew that they had gender dysphoria so actually you would uh, expect to see things like gender dysphoria uh, uh, appearing in groups instead of scattered out evenly yeah yeah it's just worrying when you look at the um rights of like youth that identify as trans in america it's gone up to something like 20.8 percent and that in itself to me doesn't seem to like like how can a good like one-fifth of our younger population like in america i identify as trans all of a sudden like that's a good one-fifth of the population that believes that they do not fit with the sex they were assigned at birth like is that something that's been happening for forever and we've just been forcing people to to hide it that's sort of similar to like the um the gay or the homophobic argument that was happening which was that there were a lot more people that were actually had that had homophobic tendencies oh that had like gay tendencies but um that was repressed back in the day and now that the rights have sort of opened up more people are identifying as that but it's very difficult to separate between the idea of people being uh, repressed and then have been able to come out now and the growth of the idea that is being spread and then people investigating that or engaging in that because of the freedom of the idea. Right, yeah. I mean, this kind of goes back to a lot of sort of trends we've seen where things have over time become more accepted and then rates, like as you were saying, right, as society grows in its acceptance, people feel more comfortable coming out. And therefore, we see uh, quite a sharp increase in the number of reported instances of this. So would you argue that it's um, gone past that, though, that actually we're seeing uh, more growth than you would expect to see from that? Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would say yeah. that I would say that the um, the thing that troubles me is that they're saying that there's a difference between gender and sex, that there is like basically like if you're a man you can be a woman and if you're a woman you can be a man like um especially the type of stuff that they're um, talking about in school they're actually getting young kids to question their gender like it's not a it's not a thing of like oh this sort this service is available like, let's say it's it's strictly kept to maybe the counselor's office like they just they just let people know that if they are having trouble with that they can talk to them it's not it's not kept as just a health issue it's now becoming like a cultural um something that's culturally accepted and taught in schools now that it's okay to question your gender when 
years ago it was actually seen as like a mental like a, a mental illness like if you weren't able to fit with the gender that you were born at it caused a lot of anxiety and stress and these treatments were available in order to alleviate that just like other treatments are available for people that suffer from um, various other disorders but now now it's being presented like it's something that is it's more normal for people to not fit with the sex that they were born as than it is for people to actually fit with that if that makes sense um i wouldn't say it's more normal for people to um or identify with a different sex uh, you gave a number earlier for the um percentage of youth that are trans what was yeah, that again yeah. um like it's around 20.8 percent of people in America of, that identify with, of youth in America. Well, that's, hmm. uh, that's, sorry, I'm just looking at, um, a article from the Williams Institute, and they, they say about 3% of trend, or 3% of youth in uh, New York are trans, so that's quite a lot less than 20%. Uh, yeah. and, on the high end, 0.9% of adults in North Carolina identify as trans. I don't think it's specifically trans. I think it was people that identify with the LGBT community. Yeah, yeah. With, within any of the um, aspects or different communities within that group. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So you don't necessarily so, uh, need most to be of that would be trans. Gay people to... Yeah, or people that just um, alter their pronouns or decide to yeah like just decide that they don't fit with the gender the more so that would be about 20 20 or so percent of people that have deviated from just being strictly male or female uh i if the 20 percent is the number of people that are lgbt that wouldn't all those people wouldn't be um deviating from male or female would they uh yeah yeah so if you identify as part of the rainbow community then identifying as a member of the rainbow community means that you have deviated from what is sort of like has been accepted by culture as a woman or a man so if you identify as part of the rainbow community it might mean that you've changed your pronouns to they and them like you might not do anything else than just that because maybe you don't feel comfortable with being fully 100 percent just female or male but like, if, if someone's gay, right, if they're a man and they're like men, yeah. they're still a man, right? Yeah. So that would mean that, um, that would mean that a, a massive amount of that 20% would be people who are, who were born as men and still identify as men and therefore wouldn't be trans? Yeah, yeah. So trans is just part of the LGBT community, yeah. Yeah, so, um... I, I'm almost not sure what you're saying there. In that case, well, I was trying to point out that is that that was a worrying statistic that basically that we disagree with the idea that we should be promoting that you can be anything other than either male or female, and that in some extreme cases, some people do have gender dysphoria and they do need to transition, like they do need that help in order to become like mentally well but that promoting to kids that you can be wherever you want to be anywhere along the gender spectrum 
isn't healthy, especially considering how easy it is for them to access the types of treatments that are available to people that don't identify 100% with being either male or female. And I think there is a difference between like those, like let's say there are obviously gay people that don't associate with the LGBT community. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's not like we're sort of not discussing about just the biological shifts or just the um the experiences of these individuals. It's a, it's sort of more about the actual LGBT as a movement, and because the LGBT as a movement seems to be promoting its ideas, and the dangerous thing is is that they're promoting these things to children and promoting it to people that aren't um I'd say are susceptible to ideas that can sort of protect them in a sense because um what it can do is it can protect them or shift them from becoming who they could be to becoming something that's an escape from that and i think that's one of the main dangers with what the lgbt community seems to be promoting especially within new zealand mm. so would you um would you agree with kids being made aware of concepts like uh gender dysphoria and homosexuality like if a teacher just said hey uh look around at your mates you know some of them or one of them might have two moms and you know who knows maybe someday one of you might grow up and realize that you're yeah no, yeah I, I, I don't agree with that i, I, know, think, I think i think that's the place for the parents of the children to teach i don't think the teachers in the school should be teaching that i don't think they should be teaching that to younger children oh I think that it's all right to make people aware of the fact that some people do, like some people do, come out as gay. Like some people do, like the the sexual preferences of some people do deviate from the norm. Like some people are interested in men, some people are interested in women. You know, like people of the same gender. Some people are interested in both. Um, the the thing that I disagree with is the fact that they're not just saying that some people's sexual preferences are different, they're actually saying that some people, um, or that a lot of people, don't fit, basically don't fit within their own bodies. Like, what I, what I disagree with is the type of, um, like, training and classes that are being given in school at the moment that actually have students questioning their gender. Like, we did some research into the mates and dates, um, um, sort of like a uh, class that they were holding in New Zealand that was funded by ACC and they would have the students act out stereotypical um, gender roles like so how would a woman eat how would a man eat that kind of thing I'm sorry I'm getting a call one sec <laughs> <laughs> um like they actually had kids in school doing that, and then afterwards they would sit them down and basically ask them, "How did you feel doing that? Did did you feel comfortable? Why? Why not?" And then they would they would actually give these students resources, like a basically like a gender map that was bookend by bookended by like transgender women and transgender men, and they would say basically you can move anywhere you want on this spectrum, and like you might be over here one you know one year, and then over you might be over here another like. They're promoting the idea that it's there is no negative effect from shifting around and changing who you think you are depending on how you feel. And that's different from actually targeting the individuals that do have a problem with some sort of dysphoria and helping those individuals. It seems to be more along the lines of um, bringing children that have no idea about that stuff 
like taking them and giving them the option to engage in these different forms of things and that's quite dangerous because it seems to be a lot of um what people are mistaking for gender is actually temperament and like see i'm i actually have a more feminine temperament than shannon shannon's got a more masculine temperament than me but that doesn't mean that i identify as a woman or that she identifies as a man but perhaps if we had been in school when they were teaching this and i was quite a tomboy when i was younger i may have started to get confused at the age of like 11 or 12 just as i was starting to go through puberty i might have started to get a bit afraid about the fact that hang on a second maybe i'm not like 100% woman like maybe i'm not 100% a female like maybe like this is making me uncomfortable i'm going to i'm going to start like puberty blockers like like being a being a adolescent being a teenager i think it's all hard enough to grapple with the fact that your body's changing and your mind's changing but then to have them almost like um almost forcing it on you to question that and then having right. all of these resources readily available for you to put a pause on it or to change it if it's going to make you more comfortable and we yeah, like so- we know Sorry. Like we have um, younger like cousins and stuff that are are at school, and we'll talk to them about it, and they'll say, "Yeah, like it's just a clique, it's just a group. Like it's basically like, well, if you want to be like part of the, I guess the popular group, then you've got to go along with that stuff." Like it's actually, it's well, not like there's so many people in their school identifying with that community that don't actually show any signs of like any of the precursors that would have pointed towards them having gender dysphoria. It seems more like it's just um, a, it's like a, a move to belong somewhere. Just on that, I might, you know, disagree with the methods of any particular group. You know, I'm not funded by mates and dates or whatever, but, um, the idea that kids should be ultimately um, made aware that these resources are available to them, I think is overwhelmingly positive given what we know about things like um, what I just said about puberty blockers and stuff Mm -hmm. and all that sort of research. Um, On the whole thing of people just thinking, oh, I'm going to be, I'm just going to do this because it's cool and then I'm going to go get puberty blockers and all that. I'd like to first point out that um, puberty blockers are ultimately reversible. So if you you know later realize that it was a big mistake, you can just stop taking the puberty blockers and you'll have a you'll have your regular puberty. I don't actually but think also, that's the case. Is that? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that um see one of the arguments that's put forward is that the puberty blockers are sort of like the pause button, and you can just hit that pause button, and then you can go on the puberty blockers. Uh, you won't engage. You won't experience any of that. Uh, the puberty within that period and then you can resume puberty afterwards it doesn't seem to be the case your body doesn't work like that apparently according to the statistics and data that we've looked into Mm. and one of the main um, indicators for the fact that they don't believe that is that for a young male kid going and starting puberty blockers hormone treatment um, they actually give them the option to put aside a sperm sample just in case they do want to have kids one day and just in case they do actually end up infertile after the treatment Right, so yeah, people might end up um, infertile by things, but if something goes you know horribly wrong and they realize oh, I'm not trans, they can still get like um different types of hormones to help negate that or help reverse the process, right? But I yeah, think yeah, yeah, um, but the, there are damaging effects, so like 
there is an increased risk sure, but- of osteoporosis of cancers like like I said on the documents that you have to sign in order to get this treatment, they outlined that we're going to have to do blood tests every three months, bone density checks every three months. They um, promote that the people on these uh, hormones basically get as much calcium and as much exercise as they can because there is actually a link between taking these hormones and ending up with osteoporosis at a young age. Yeah, and there might be, um, you know, there there may well be negative side effects to um, any treatment really, but it seems mm-hmm. like from what we know uh, from these studies, the overall net effect seems to be positive. But even still, um, without even looking at that, if you want to go and get uh, gender affirming care, you can't just walk into a doctor's office and be like, hey, I want, you know, give me hormones. Um, it's in New actually, Zealand, the process is actually quite, it is actually quite easy and the school nurse can refer you directly to the children's health um, centre in Auckland. If a child wants gender-affirming care and wants to transition, the support is... There's more chance that you'll be supported to go through that process than be questioned and um, challenged on that. Yeah, especially with how much um, the LGBT community are sort of pushing back on anybody that does talk negatively about it. Like, we could put up a video I personally know a lot of people... Um, who have tried to get uh, hormone replacement therapy, and they've found that it being uh, quite the difficult process. Um, what they've said to me is that if you want to get hormones from a doctor, you have to show repeated signs of gender dysphoria. Okay. And so what that would mean would basically be if you can prove to a doctor that um, you know, not getting hormones is a problem for your mental health, then they will they will get your hormones, which I would argue is a very good thing, right? How yeah. does the individual know that it's a problem for their mental health, though? See, this is another dangerous thing, which is that um, a lot of doctors, like, well, it's in the name, it's affirming care. And that's quite dangerous because doctors are not meant to be affirming. Doctors are meant to be questioning and trying to understand. Whereas... Yeah, so on the, um, on the benefits of gender-affirming care, um, it's been the medical consensus for quite a long time that taking gender affirming care is massively effective at decreasing things like depression and suicidal ideation. Um, okay. There was a meta-analysis, which is, uh, I've got in front of me from Cornell. They looked at 55 peer-reviewed studies and found that 51 of them uh, said that gender transition had positive effects for the mental health of the people who took them. And the other four uh, said that they didn't find anything. Okay. So it looks like, you know, these hormones are massively effective at treating things like gender dysphoria yeah and so if somebody they're struggling with mental problems you know they they look down they see a man's body and they feel oh my god you know this feels awful i feel like um even if they're a child um if they can go to a doctor and say hey i'm having really serious mental issues um and then the doctor can be like oh okay this person's come back to us multiple times they're still struggling with gender dysphoria we're going to give them hormones and from everything I've seen on the research, it seems like that's been fairly effective at alleviating things like suicidal ideation and depression. Yeah, and that's the that's the one thing that I wouldn't argue against. The people that need the care need to get it, and it's good that this stuff is available for the people that need it. Um, the only, like I said before, the only thing that I think is dangerous is that we might be making it a little bit... Not too easy, but 
I guess just we might actually be pushing people towards doing that when that's not actually the best option for them, or that they might not even necessarily have gender dysphoria. Because if you talk to kids about gender from primary school up, well, up like right up until they finish high school, um, and you're getting them to question their gender from a young age, like kids need boundaries. So, so would you they, argue that doctors should be more careful? I think we, I think we do need to be more careful. Like that would be the main thing that I would, on, that I would push. On, on that there needs to be. Because, like in America, in in quite a few states, especially in California, it seems like they've just broken down one hurdle after another that you needed to um, jump over in order to get them. Like the checks that you had to go through, they're removing all of those. So basically, just if you think you need them, you can just get them. And I don't want to go that way in New Zealand because I don't think that that is the right way to go because. There has been evidence to show that like, kids are influenced by cultural trends. They're influenced by wanting to be accepted by their peers, um, wanting to fit in. So if we make this a big thing in schools, then okay, well, how would on, that how would that, that not happen? Like how would it not happen? But, I mean, on that, you know, being trans to fit in from everything, uh, you know. When I go out into my communities, being trans is not like a thing that I see. Like I have a lot of trans friends, okay, and they they hide it right because they don't they don't want to deal with the social pressure of like people finding out they're trans and getting bullied for that. You know, like we do not really live in a particularly trans accepting environment for okay. a lot of people. You know, perhaps you know teachers might be like oh that's trans oh sorry that kid's trans you know that's okay i don't mind that's that's cool but if you um go talk to the probably the majority of people in schools and you tell them that you're trans they'll probably be like oh that's kind of weird you know do you feel me because I, I don't feel like i don't feel like people are being trans to be cool i feel like when people come out as trans they're almost seen as uncool and weird okay that's yeah. That's that's a totally different opinion than I had of it. Actually, I thought that um, the movement itself had gained so much popularity and support, especially among um, the younger generation, that it was seen as something that if you did it, it was like you were really brave and you got lots of attention and support for that. Um, yeah, and that there wasn't that big stigma around it anymore. Or at least the the amount that they've been pushing to sort of erase that has had such a big effect that that kind of stigma doesn't exist, especially for young people now. Well, I, w- I would disagree with that strongly. Okay. Uh, in case you can figure out, I am actually still in uh, high school, and um, okay. they uh, are like that is not the environment that I see when I um when I go to high school, and I I have my trans friends. They they definitely. Um, would not feel the same way as you do. And even on that, even um, going outside of my personal experience, just on that thing with the whole puberty blockers uh, and treatment, most of the regrets that come from um, taking gender-affirming care are actually because people just don't accept them. 
uh, it's here on this on the meta-analysis that was done on the 55 peer-reviewed studies. Say They say that the main reason for regrets about gender-affirming care is lack of social support or uh, lack of wealth. So that would imply that actually, um, even when it comes to things like, like what you said with people getting gender-affirming care and regretting it, the main reason for those regrets are actually people being transphobic. Okay, so they make the choice to, like, let's say a young person makes a choice to get puberty blockers and then the hormone treatment and then end up transitioning, like, whether medically um, or not. They actually regret that because of the backlash they get from the people around them because they've changed. Yeah, people um, people just see it as weird, which is quite unfortunate, and I would like to change that. Okay. Um, yeah, I think it's sort of awful, but... So you would say, like, in your school, it's not readily accepted? Like, do you have a, a rainbow group at your school, or...? Um, not really, no. He, uh, the environment isn't particularly welcoming to trans people, depending on which groups you're in, obviously. If you're in, like, a progressive group, then, yeah, it'll be fine, but... But there's still groups. definitely groups within the school that just don't don't support it. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say that will maybe be the majority of people here. Okay. And do you think that's like wrong of them to not support it, or do you think that's like sort of up to them to have their own sort of personal idea of whether or not it's it's right? Or well, wrong okay, I think I think whether or not you agree with people, um, with agree with the idea that people can identify as certain genders, that's not really like you should still be nice to them, and you should even still use their preferred pronouns and new name because we do actually have research showing that um things like that can decrease suicidal ideation. The Trevor Project released a report and they found that um, having one supportive friend or family member or living in a, a, fam a household that has a supportive family member could massively decrease suicidal ideation among trans youth. So it seems like whether or not you even agree with someone, just as a, a way to improve their mental health, you should probably still use their pronouns because it's not much out of you. It doesn't take any time or effort out of my day they call my trans friends she or he or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. to them, it means a lot. Okay, I definitely We've don't... We've got about one yeah. minute left, I believe, for the meeting. <laughs> yeah. We'll be able to... Somebody, um, yeah. I've got somebody saying, hey, hurry up, you gotta, you got to come now. So it's actually kind of perfect timing. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, uh, well, good talking. Yeah, we'll have to do this again because we, we only got onto, like, one topic. <laughs> mm. Um... But yeah, no, you've brought up some really good points. Like, I definitely yeah, don't think that people should be bullied. Like, I don't, I don't think that, like, especially looking at all, wait, like when you look at videos of protests and things like that, like, I can't understand how people think it's okay to act like children and call people names. Um, being bullied for making a different decision and deciding to transition, I don't think that's okay. Like, I think bullying and full stop, like, you shouldn't be picking on people for their own personal choices. Um, but I still think that there does need to be respect given for, like, some people just don't agree with it. Like, if they're not going to, like, bully you about it or anything, if they're just going to say, like, no, nah, I just don't, like, this isn't something that I agree yep. with, or this isn't something that fits oh. with my religion or that, that, that totally should sorry. be accepted I, as well. Uh, it was great talking to you, but uh, I do, I do really have to go now. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, uh, cool. That's all good. No yeah, catch around. Or maybe Hope you have a good one. Hopefully we can do this again. Yeah. Uh, good luck out there, I guess. Alrighty, bye.
Thank you very much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. Catch you another time. See ya.